Great. Um, we are looking today at Mary, and I'm going to read from Luke 1, for starting at 26. It says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name Mary. Upon entering, the angel Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty. Beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will rule Jacob's house forever. Um, No end ever to his kingdom. And Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy, Son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son old as she is? Everyone called her barren. And here she is, six months pregnant. Nothing you see is impossible with God. And Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. And then the angel left her. Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and travelled to the town in Judea in the hill country, straight to Zachariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leapt and she was filled with the Holy Spirit and sang out exuberantly, you're so blessed among women and the babe in your womb also blessed. And why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? The moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the babe in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. Blessed woman who believed what God said, believed every word would come true. And Mary said, I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing with a song of my Saviour God. God took one look at me and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. He bared his arm and showed his strength, scattered the bluffing braggarts. He knocked tyrants off their high horses and he pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet and the callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child, Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies, piled them high. It's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham and right up to now. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months. Wow, what an amazing story. An amazing story of what happened with Mary. And I'm, I'm just going to, we've looked at Mary, did you know? But what do we know about Mary? What things do we know about her? Um, 
First of all, we know that Mary was uh, living in a very small town. It was an insignificant town that she lived in. She was probably between the ages, they say, of 12 and 14. And uh, Mary uh, was uh, just a very, very, very young girl. Um, she, she wasn't seen in society, in her culture, as very important. Um, women uh, in, in that time, uh, you know, if you went to the synagogue, you would, there were prayers, Jewish prayers that said, thank you, God, that I wasn't born a woman. That's, she was born into a culture that didn't particularly value women and um, she didn't particularly, she was, she was insignificant in so many ways, but she was not insignificant to God. She was not unseen by her father God, which I think is absolutely amazing. I love the story of Mary because I see in Mary this beautiful, feisty young woman that took God at his word. This woman that was, can you imagine when you're 14? I remember when I was 14, that young woman that absolutely took God at his word. And I think, wow, that is absolutely beautiful to think about her. And um, the thing that I want, there are four things that I want to say about Mary. Uh, The first one is that she said yes. What's one of the most significant things about Mary is she said yes to God. She says, yes, let it be so. Let it be so, just as you say, let that happen. Uh, Just as you say, she says to the angel, she says yes to God. Now, I think our yeses are so, so important. What we say yes to is just so strong and powerful. When, um, uh, when I was, yeah, I was about 14 when I met Tim, and um, the, my first impression of Tim was, uh, I, I don't think I liked him that much, to be honest, because I was wearing some trousers, and he came up and he said to me, um, your trousers, hello, he said, your trousers look like curtains. I thought, that's a very rude thing to say. I don't think it was his best chat-up line, to be honest. But I thought, this is rude and, and a forthright thing to say. And so um, we, Tim and I gradually became friends. And, uh, you know, we started going out at, uh, when I was about fi- 16, 15. And, uh, the, you know, one day uh, Tim said to me, will you marry me? I, cr- I can remember it. We went to the Bridge Inn in Amberley. And... Um, uh, we went, had a meal together. Uh, he bought me a ring from Argos. And I have to say, oh, that's great. And anyway, we went, up to, uh, we went up to the top of the hill and he put on his headlights and he got down on one knee in front of the headlights on the top of the hill. And he said, will you marry me? And my answer was, yes, I will. I would love. Now that yes was a very, very important yes very important what we say yes to. And um, that yes, you know, uh, I I often think about how, you see, Tim and I are quite different in lots and lots of ways. Tim would see a barrier and uh, a boundary and he will go for it and he will push through that boundary. He's not afraid of um, if things don't work out, he will still keep going. He He has a tenacity, which is absolutely incredible. And uh, it's a great strength in him. And that has really helped me 
in my life as well because I probably am a little bit safer. I probably would have not... Um, I, he, he, he's this person that has said to me, go on, Becca, you do that. Go on, you can do it. Go on, you can do it. I'm not going to stand in your way. I'm going to champion you. And, that, and, his, uh, and me saying yes to that relationship has had a massive effect. I mean, not that life is perfect, not that marriage is perfect. Of course it isn't. I don't want to give you that impression. But uh, what we say yes to is really, really important in our lives. Uh, when I became a Christian, I said yes to God. I will follow you, God. I am going to follow you the rest of my life. And that yes has changed my life. It has changed everything about my life. It has changed my decisions. It's changed the way that I love people. It's changed the way that I think about both myself and other people. It has changed everything in my life. That one yes to God. I will follow you. When we say yes to something, we also say no to things. Uh, Our yes means a no to other things. Uh, You can't go through life and say yes to things without realizing that that means no to others. If you go and take a, a massive job, that's, that means yes to that job, but it can mean no to spending time with your family, your friends, your community. That's what you're, where every time we say yes, we also say no to something. Every time we say, yes, I'm going to do this with my evening, we're saying no to this, this and this. So it's really important that we realize how important our yes is. What we say yes to in our lives is really, when we say yes, are we saying yes? And I suppose my question is, what are we saying yes to? Are we saying yes to the really important things, the things that will change history, the things that will change our children's history, the things that will change those people around us? Are we saying yes to those things? Or do we say yes to the things that really make us feel good, make us better? What, what are we saying yes to? And uh, Mary said yes to something that changed the course of history. Now, don't, let's not get confused. That yes meant a lot of pain for Mary. And so my second thing to say is that Mary endured a lot of pain. She, uh, do you know what? If, if she had said, uh, by saying yes to, uh, you know, God, what happened then was she was then pregnant and she would have been shunned by, by society, you know. But I mean, not just, I'm, it's amazing she didn't get stoned. She, that, that's what she was, she was living in a, in a time and a place where if you got pregnant and, uh, and you weren't supposed to, it was a terrible, terrible thing. So Mary, uh, Mary would have been shunned. She would have been pushed away. She was 14, 14 years old to handle that. And uh, then, of course, she, Mary went on a, uh, Mary was taken out of her home and her situation at home. And she was forced to go and live, you know, go to Bethlehem because of the census. You know, I, I think about how did Mary travel? She traveled probably on a donkey to go to that place, Pro- probably heavily pregnant, traveling on a donkey. I wouldn't have gone on a bus. I'd be complaining. Do you, you know, when you're pregnant, when you're heavily pregnant, you complain when you, you know, go over the bump in a road. Do you, uh, but she had to travel on a donkey. But being favoured and called by God did not mean that she did not endure pain. 
It didn't mean that she had a great ride all the way away from her family, away from the people that she knew, to this other place. With probably, did she even know or love Joseph? You know, we make it very romantic, don't we? Joseph, this lovely man. She might might not be like that. I mean, I don't know what it was like, but it might not be all lovely and romantic. And we we make this story so um, we make it so little about pain when there's so much pain in it. So much pain. And uh, so she would have, uh, you know, the very, the, the woman that had been visited by an angel found herself on a donkey going to Bethlehem. The woman who was later visited by the kings was later, um, you know, was later told that there was no room in the inn. This was the woman that they all said she was highly favoured. The angel said, you're highly favoured. And yet she went to that inn and they said, there's no room for you here. There's no room. You know, sometimes um, I think about this ever such a lot. You know, um, God came at Christmas in such a vulnerable way. And uh, it's not like Mary was ultra strong or that God did something, you know, like really powerfully strong. He sent a baby. He sent a baby to deliver us. As the most vulnerable thing in the world is what he used. Our, our yes doesn't have to be a strong yes. It, has, it sometimes is born out of huge vulnerability. Sometimes it's born out of just surrendering to God. I, I surrender. I, I whatever you say, God, I will do that. And it doesn't have to be out of a place of strength. It can be out of a complete place of weakness that we say that. And um, God uses the weak. Isn't this beautiful about the story? God used a 14-year-old girl in this. God used a baby. God used the shepherds. God did an amazing thing. And so, you know, sometimes I think, when we think about Mary giving birth, the mother of Jesus giving birth, I don't think that she gave birth in any less pain than anyone else. I don't think that uh, it was somehow cushioned. I think she had pain, that lady. That lady had pain in that. And, um, you know, sometimes we can make it different to what it is. But God was in the pain and God was with her. Um, The next thing I was thinking about was this. Isn't it amazing that Mary was both anointed and appointed to bring Jesus into the world? When you think about uh, Mary, I think, wow, Mary, you were anointed and appointed to bring Jesus into the world. That's an amazing thing. What amazing thing that God asked you to do. And then I remember that God has anointed and appointed every single person in this room to bring Jesus into this world. He's exa- anointed, appointed means I've asked you. I've asked that he asked Mary, he asks us. Up, appoint, anointed means I've given you what you need. I've given you everything that you need. He has both asked us 
and given us everything that we need to bring Jesus into this world. And every one of us, uh, this Christmas, may we bring Jesus into our world. May we bring Jesus into uh, your family situation, your work situation, whatever you may be doing. I pray that you know that you are anointed and appointed to bring Jesus into this place. And I pray that you will do that and take that on. And then the last thing I want to say today is this, that Mary, um, she sung in the middle of her story. The Magnificat is what I've just read there. And the Magnificat is one of the most powerful songs, I think, probably that has ever been sung. And the Magnificat actually is uh, banned and has been in other countries for certain periods of time because of the power of that song. And I think that's amazing. There is amazing power because Mary sung in the middle of her story, in the middle of the confusion, in the middle of the mystery. She got up and she said, God is good and I'm going to sing about it. And there is something beautifully powerful when we sing in the middle of a story. You know, we we read the story and we know the end of the story, right? We know the end and we know what happened, but Mary didn't. She's in the middle of that place and it's just her and it's only her that knows about it. We all know about it. We all know what happened. We all know the end of the story. She didn't know the end of the story. She's singing in the middle of the story and her song is powerful. And I just want to encourage us in the middle of our story, whatever that may be, before the promise comes, before we've ever seen what God really wants to do, let us sing in that story. Let us worship in the middle of that story. Let us give everything that we have to God. I love it because I think that Mary, um, Mary, Mary's attention was fully on God, fully on God. And do you know what? God's attention was fully on Mary. I wonder what happens when our attention is fully on God. In this place of Christmas where there's everyone and everything saying, come and do this, come and do this, come and be this, come and have this, come and... What about if our attention is fully on God and we know that His attention is fully on us What happens in that place? What happens in that place where we stand and we sing our song? You know, singing is just just the physical act of singing together is so so therapeutic that that we use our lungs, that that we use our bodies, that we use everything that we have to sing our praise to God. And worship is giving our whole attention to God, our whole attention. And so let us in the middle of Christmas, make sure that we sing our song to God. In the middle of your story, may you sing your song to God. And I pray that our song together, the songs that we sing together, I pray that they fracture the darkness. I pray that the songs that we sing together Uh, pierce the darkness around us. And I pray that that brings light everywhere we go. I pray that that, uh, we'll never really realise, I don't think, the fullness of what happens when we worship. What I have found is that when I come, and uh, band, come on up um, because I'm finishing. But what I've found is that when I come with what I think I have to give, and sometimes that costs, 
I find that I am overwhelmed by what God gives back to me. I have never ever been in a place ever where I have given something to God, whatever that may be, and he has not given me double back. When you come and you worship in the middle of your song, I, can, I know that God will give you more than you ever dreamt could ever happen in that place. He gives you a peace. He gives you a joy that is undescribable and unexplainable. He is absolutely amazing in that place. And so as you, you know, over Christmas, you may be working with people that are difficult or you may have difficult family members around. I pray that you give because you know what? Every time you give, God will give back to you. Every time he sees, do you know what? There are things that only God really sees the cost of. He sees the cost of your worship. He sees the cost of you saying that kind thing to that person who really doesn't deserve it. He sees, he sees the kind thing that you wrote in that card when they've been nasty to you all year. He sees that. He sees what costs you and you will be blessed because of that. You And God will give you so much more. So over this period of time, what are you going to say yes to God for? What are you going to, what, what, what do you, how do you want to sing your song in the middle of the storm? How are you going to do that? Um, and God bless you all this Christmas. Let's stand up, shall we? We're going to sing just one more song.